you know this guy? Yes. Does he have uh, a podcast? He does. It's um, it's how uh, when you get out of the military mm-hmm. and how um, soldiers move into uh, civilian life, mm-hmm. there's always that transformation they have to go through. And he found a niche that he liked because he had to do the same thing. So now he helps other people. And he has um, different um, guests come on to explain how this all works and how every day, you know, people are always leaving the service. And Interesting. Yeah. Have you ever listened to his podcast? Uh, yes, I have. He's actually done a few live feeds, too. Has he ever listened to our podcast? I think he has, yes. Hmm. Interesting. I know. I digress already. We're mm-hmm. already off topic and we haven't even started yet. Well, I'm thinking I'm going to go with J. Colt instead. The J. Colt? The J. Colt. That's that's good. Yeah. I like it. Rob? Do you yeah. have to get a tattoo to be in the J. Colt? Ooh. Like, yep. you have to get branded or something? Like, is there no branding. an initiation? Mm. Initiation, maybe. Okay. Well, maybe you can tell us more about that in a future episode. We could do probably cults somewhere down the road. Oh, yeah. We could update our resume on that. Yeah. Can we do an episode on cults? Sort of. I think we might have, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. There's probably at least 50 new cults right right now. We were young then. We were green. Mm -hmm. Now we're just children. I feel like we're still young and green. Mm -hmm. You know, thank you to all those new uh, listeners and followers. Yeah. For Parababble. For Parababble. Mm -hmm. With Rob, Jeff, and Allie. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh Uh-huh. With Jacob. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. So we're going to do a little fun thing tonight and uh we got a lot of experience in this one i think right guys very much so <clears throat> i don't know we go out with ghost hunts everywhere but there seems to be a theme about um libraries and we've all been there done them but we don't think much of it from the living side right no yeah i mean when i go to the library i'm looking for books i'm not thinking about ghosts well that's the whole thing i think a lot of people don't realize how many of the places they go to on a daily basis are haunted absolutely haunted histories and let's face it all these libraries that have been around what is one of the biggest pastimes reading yeah that's so there's a love there's a love of and a passion there so you're gonna catch a lot of that stuff, I think. Especially you know, back in the day, there wasn't as right. Much we didn't have the, We didn't have the, all that crazy entertainment that we do now. That mm-hmm. our fingertips. We didn't have TVs. We had the radio to listen to, but a lot of people did a lot of reading. And that's actually wasn't there a little. Um, they did a survey. Is that why people were smarter then than they are now? Because they did a lot of reading. Yes. <laughs> because well, no, I, I'm gonna disagree with that because I. I go to the internet, and the internet's always truthful. <laughs> so yep. I get all my knowledge from there. That's a good point. <laughs> no, I mean, um, we've had some really cool run-ins at this, and we thought, eh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the old uh, bookstores here yeah. and see what we can rustle up out of our dusty minds. Because it was like, what year was it when we went on like the tour of all the libraries in the area? Like 2000? 2011, I think. That's when it started. 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been ongoing. Yep. That's crazy to think about. Sure to think about how many different libraries think they're haunted. <laughs> so just as like a little bit of background, we didn't actually just decide we were going to only investigate libraries. No. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not how this whole thing happened. The library hunters. When we talk about the tour of libraries, yes, that is what happened. But it started with one library. And Mm -hmm. somebody reached out to us and said, hey, you know, we think it might be cool if, you know, maybe you come and see what's going on here. And we've had some reports of stuff. So word spread through the library system. Yes. The community. Of Erie County in western New York. And before you know it, we had like five or six libraries that had contacted us and said, We got stuff. We have stuff too. We got ghosts. So then we got to go and investigate them all. And a lot of them had us come and do, like, a presentation on our findings. If I remember correctly, we actually did, like, probably almost a dozen presentations the one year. I think so. We were, like, on a tour of that. We didn't investigate every library. We just, like, around Halloween time, we went to ones that we didn't even investigate to do. Yeah, it was lots of them. We were Mm -hmm. close to getting our T-shirts, our tour T-shirts made up. And I think there's probably even some recording somewhere on the good old webs probably our presentation at at least one of those libraries so why are libraries so haunted um 
Because they're old. Old, dusty, <laughs> like, ladies there that always, like, put stuff on books and <laughs> stuff like that. And, like, the card catalog spilling out everywhere. Yeah. You slime. Know, slime yeah. happening. Books that are stacked, like, no human would stack them. So I do have to say that when we started investigating libraries, like, first of all, I love to read it, and I'm a total bookie, and... It was exciting for me to be in libraries, like, with no one else there. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I had to remind myself I needed to stop looking at different books and, like, concentrate on what I was doing, mm-hmm. especially in some of the areas we were in in some of these places that don't usually have the public in them. Right. So I think when we first found out about this, it was like, this is like every kid's that wants to be a ghost hunter, this is what you think of, right? You think of, like... The original Ghostbusters, yep. and you think of the big library in New York City, and you're going to go in and you're going to see a ghost, and it's going to be so cool. Index cards everywhere. Yeah. I, like the first library that we went to, can we say which ones? Do, did we sign a thing for all mm. the libraries? Or? No, we're oh, good. I don't think, yeah, because yeah, yeah, we gave presentations. We're, we're safe presentations. there. Presentations. Yeah. So the Central Library downtown, that was the one where... Um, just so you know, that's Buffalo, Buffalo New, York, New York that we're in. Yes. Um they took us on like the floors between the floors where they had all the storage and that was like right out of the Ghostbusters movie like right in the, yep. we the went in between the, the stacks we went yeah. into and they were like a whole city block no windows so if you turn the lights off it was pitch black and it was just really cool I think that's the best part of those is when you can get in between mm-hmm. especially at that library that you can get in between those floors mm-hmm. and not only did we get to see it, we had the tour presentation of some of the books that were down there and some of the the history that's in those places that are you know well kept um like rob said when you get down there and it's dark and you're hunting it's a good time because you know and it's silent you don't hear nothing mm-hmm. so For why don't we downtown. maybe start with that one right because mm-hmm. i think we spent a good amount of time there yeah. We investigated that quite a few different occasions. A lot, yeah, over a couple of years. We taught years. classes out of there. We have our handprints in the right? sidewalk. We had our ghost hunting classes out of there. <laughs> we did a cycle of that. Mm-hmm. So initially, we were told that the stacks were places where the pages didn't want to go. Because when they were reshelving these books that... Um, usually are not in circulation. So the stacks are all the stuff that's out of circulation. You have to right. specially request it. Yep. So the pages would have to go and pull these books, and stuff would happen up there. Books would come off the shelves. They would see peekers or shadow people, um, get really, like, feelings of, like, being watched. I'm trying to remember if, like, hearing noises, mm-hmm. yeah. if there was other stuff that was going on. But... It was to the point where some of them, like, refused to go by themselves. Right. If they had to go and reshell books, they went in pairs. Wah. <laughs> that's how, like, all of it started, too, wasn't it? Like yep. They, they start pairing up. So some of the crazy back history about the Central Library is that it's not actually the original Central Library. There was another building that was down the street, and it was a beautiful building. And they decided that they were going to build a brand new monstrosity that was more modern but they picked a really bad site for it because the place that they put it was where the last public hanging in buffalo happened yes we live for this stuff (laughs) (laughs) right you can't get a better story nope so that's the history of the land that the building is on is it was the site where all the public executions were done in the city of buffalo for a good portion of time and you got to think about this, is that during the time frame of those public executions, it was like, you know, you're going out for an enjoyable Saturday. People brought picnics with them and ate hot dogs and... It was such a different <laughs> Waited time. for the hanging. <laughs> <laughs> come kids, come kids. <laughs> so when we heard that, of course, we were intrigued, you know. So, okay, yeah. maybe this has got something to do with what's going on here at the building. Some of the other things about the building are that they house some really old, important books. There's a collection of family Bibles Mm. that dates back to, I don't know, 200 years ago. I think they were like around the 1800s, maybe even a little bit earlier. All of the census records, the old census records are in that library. Um, You know, so, and then personal collections that people had donated. Mm -hmm. So there was just a lot of different things um, you know, that might have had some residual 
energy to and you, them. And you know, you really wouldn't think of that with the library. You would think that, yeah, it's the central one. It's 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 very big. It's, you know, it's the whole city block. Um, I would have never thought any of that type of documentation was there. I would think it's locked up somewhere in, you know, in yeah. City Hall or something. But you go in there, you see a lot of things that are just time forgotten unless you know what you're looking for. And once, you know, that's intriguing. And like you said, you know, that stuff, eons. You know, so there's there's some there's some magic to that kind of stuff where, you know, there's any attachments going on or you're just you're filling the air with stuff and that's I think that was pretty cool seeing some of that stuff yeah so we went in and we investigated the stacks some of the main floors the auditorium mm-hmm yep I don't think there was any other pretty much just the hot spots that the librarians and the pages had said they'd had some experience in yeah we had as much as we could I think I mean, we were probably did over a dozen investigations there yeah. overall. But it's so big, you know, it's just, you can only cover so much. What were your guys' first thoughts and feelings when you went in there to do the investigation? Do you my, remember? I know I'm kind of like well, trying to make you go back. My first thought was, eh, it's a library. It's cool, whatever. What, what, I mean, you're still open to the whole fact of going in there and looking for things, but it's a library. How much is there? I think I learned through the the years of doing this that, you know what, this is one of those gems that kind of gets forgotten about. People want to go to the old mansions or houses or old buildings that are like creepy, but you go to the library, what do you think? Oh, books and this and, you know, watch movies and different things going on, kids activities. No one thinks about the longer side of, you know, how long it's been there, what it stores. So when I went in there, I liked the idea, what intrigued me was the idea of, just being, in, like you said earlier, being there at night yeah. when it's quiet. Oh, I had forgot, too, that they had some people that passed away in the building. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. One was, like, an employee. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. was, I think, a homeless person. Well, yeah, you do get a lot of that when it's cold. Yeah. They want to come in, so they kind of, like, hang out. So that was another thing that they had going on there that history-wise was... But when we got into the stacks, I was still like, eh, okay, cool, cool, cool. But once you shut those lights down and you really start putting your head into, like, you know the aspects of ghost hunting and what you're listening for and then when you do happen to see something then it opens up a whole new can of worms and it's like oh i want to come back i want to come back but my first impression was yeah it's a library but then it quickly changed because i had things happen there just like any one of us did so what do you think what what was your thoughts on this rob well i'm trying to remember and i do recall actually going before we investigated with uh kathy to interview some of the pages and people uh, down at that library. So I got to see the place during the day and like when it was open and it was so busy and I was like, okay, it's, it's like Jeff said, it's a library. It's right. big. And uh, yeah, it wasn't until they took us into those stacks where it was just like, holy shit. I think it was a little bit it was being impressed too because you, didn't, you don't think about that. When you go in there, do you ever think, like unless you know what's going on with the library and You've worked in the inner system with it. You don't really think, oh, oh, the books are all on this floor and this floor and this floor. You don't really go, huh, what's going on in between? You get in in between, it's a whole different world. It's like an underworld. Yeah. I remember they took us to the stacks, and they're like, okay, this is stacks A. Yep. And then there's, oh, there's another one that's even bigger, stacks B. Mm-hmm. And you would never, even just looking at the building from the outside, you would never guess, like, it was that big, and there was that many floors on the inside. And I just remember thinking, like, how are we going to possibly catch any evidence from the place this big. Oh, it's huge. you almost yeah. like throwing a dart out there and hoping it hits something. Mm-hmm. But they find you. They find us, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a whole lot of like great hard evidence. We don't have any hard evidence, really. Well, I, I mean, there's a couple things here and there, but there's a lot more personal experiences. Well, sure. I had two personal experiences mm-hmm. there. Um, one, we were finishing up in one of the rooms on the floor. I forgot what room we were coming out. Where we were sitting around the table was supposed to be, the chair was supposed to move at the table. What room was that? I don't know what the room was. I think that was just like one of the general reading areas. Right. Yeah, because it overlooked the street there. Yeah. Yeah. So we were all coming out of there, and um, I had my camera, and the battery was just about ready to die. So we come out of the, the, the room. We're walking down the big hall towards the computers, and <clears throat> there was a book on the top shelf. I don't know if you guys remember this. And the book fell over and slammed on the the floor and I stopped and of course I had my camera down the battery is dead that's always that way and then 
tried to go back and we opened up the book, put it on the top shelf. We all bounced on this concrete marble floor and this shelf would not move. And it wasn't like one of us walked by with a draft and knocked it over. But as we walked by, this, this thing went, boom, hit the floor. So Chupacabra. Chupacabras. <laughs> so we, that was one personal experience that we just couldn't put back together. And, of course, we couldn't, we couldn't get it on the video or audio. No. But we went. We were getting ready to leave, and we went back, and we tried everything, and it's just it's one of those things that happens. The other one was, I was with another um, teammate, I believe, or maybe someone we brought along. We were watching down one of the long stack, um, like the the aisle, and uh, you have to focus in when you're in there because it's dark. It's a little bit of light. At the far end, we had. A shadow person crossed the end of the aisle, and we had a head poke out. And a lot of times we could sit there and say, "Oh, you know, it's just your eyes trying to adjust to the dark or the light." But we both saw it, so we could both confirm it. And I think those were probably the two biggest experiences I had there. Within, you know, it's not like we went on different stacks or different floors. We all kind of stayed together because the area was so big, but. Those two right there, you know, seeing that shadow person, that was um, definitely a cool thing. But there was another time we had a book fall, too. Yeah, um, that's right. The new room they were working on or where the, the pages and stuff, the workers didn't want to go in there. We're like, well, that's where we want to go. <laughs> <laughs> and we sat around and sang a few campfire songs and listened to a book. A couple aisles over, fall off the shelf. And we were all in one group. I mean, did we see it? Not with our eyes, but when we got there, it was there. And we put the book right back up, you know. But that's, I think that's the closest for that library where I've had the personal experiences. I mean, like you said earlier, it's a lot of space to cover. You can't necessarily run into them. They gotta, I think they kind of have to find you. And they're curious as to what's going on because, you know, that's probably their home. That's their passion. They live there for whatever or maybe they're in transit maybe they're just cruising through but they find you and it's a long shot but when it happens it's you know it's pretty cool yeah i definitely remember some cold spots in certain areas uh, there was definitely some shadow people but the weird thing about this location i remember is that we would only see like parts of people yeah. We never mm-hmm. really saw, like, whole mm-hmm. shadow people. You would see, like, a torso and, like, a shoulder and, mm-hmm. like, a head peek over. Or you'd see, like, a leg and, like, you know, like, sticking out from, right. like, you know, behind one of the stacks. Like, it was really weird there how there was never, like, a full person. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it was, but like, now I remember. <laughs> parts of people, which was really strange. I remember one time, now that you've mentioned that, like, in the stacks... I was walking around, and there's, like, hundreds of aisles of books and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking, and I, I notice something down one aisle, so I stop and look down, probably about 50 feet ahead of me, and I'm like, oh, that must be one of those carts, those book carts, that because there's a ton of them down there that the pages have to transport the books around. And I was like, oh, that's just a cart. And then it walks away. <laughs> Hmm. Yep. Walking just, carts. Just walks. It, it was two legs. It was a torso. Just two legs. Just walked across. Gone. Yeah. Well, didn't someone, I don't know which time we were there, but didn't someone see what they thought was somebody in an aisle, an actual person, and yeah. then they came from the other way? Yeah, it was Rob. I didn't see it. I was the other person. So Kathy, who was, was with our group at the time, right, thought that she saw Rob, and she actually called out to him. Mm, that's it. And yep. when he answered, he was on the other side of the room. And she swore that she had literally just seen him and looked right at him. And was like, oh, hey, Rob, what are you doing? And Rob was like, uh, I'm over here. Hmm. Doppelganger. Yep. That's the only time that that has ever happened in all the places that we've investigated. Mm-hmm. That we've like seen something like that. Yeah, I can't say I've seen something like that where I've called out to somebody, especially in libraries. I haven't seen that. But that'd be cool to see. Probably be a little disturbing at the time, but it'd be like after the fact, you'd be like, oh, 
oh, that was cool. Yeah. Well, there was just a lot of chasing that we did in that building. Yeah. Remember, it's like you'd uh -huh. be standing there Constantly. and you would see thing, something maybe 15 feet away and you would go after it. And by the time you would get to there, there would be nothing. But you know you had just seen something there. And I felt like everywhere we went, it was just a little further away mm -hmm. than where it would have been able to be caught on, you know, some piece of equipment. You're like Scooby-Doo chasing something yeah. down all night. I mean, the coolest thing is like sitting at the end and looking down this super long tunnel full of books and you see a motion sensor all the way turn to the on. other end turn on. Yep. That's... And you know, we're all here. We're all on this side. Mm -hmm. None of us were down there. It's like, what did that? Didn't you and I, Allison, see something at the same time at one point? By where they kept the books that they from the jail out from the yeah the prisons yeah. yep yeah because that was always a hot spot I remember seeing something like in the corner and you saw it at the same time too and that started the chase a yep. chase one of the chases yep did did you guys ever get any like um, dark heavy feelings with the place I mean like you know how you know if you take these shows if it's demonic or it's super negative or it's dark or heavy did you ever feel that when you're going through those stacks and seeing what we've seen i didn't get any feelings of anything like that there i kind of more felt like it was you know like inquisitive i would get i would think that it wasn't necessarily like residual there I think we had some stuff that and, was trying it, to yeah. interact, that was trying to like figure things out. They were trying to feel us out mm -hmm. a little bit to see if it was okay, but they kept their distance. Yeah. It's not like they just rolled yeah. by like 10 feet over. Yeah. And, and I think the pages had said that they had felt really uneasy, but you know, when mm -hmm. we went in and looked at EMF, I remember there was some hot spots in there because they used to have all of the lines for like all their computer systems running through the stacks. It Remember, like, it was all through the ceiling. Oh, yeah, almost all it the It wasn't hole. bad, though. No, it no, wasn't. It was pretty like, that's what we were expecting, because yeah. all the wires were hanging up there, but it... No, I remember... Because... Like, wasn't. places near the circuit breakers were a little yeah. more high, but not to the point where it would cause, like, any kind of EMF. No, but looking at that place, you would think that it's loaded with it, mm -hmm. because yeah. all these massive pipes and wire, everything... A majority of the power or water sources or piping was all in between the stacks, so when you walk in there, you're like, this place is going to be loaded with EMF. This is going to be, why are we bothering? But when we did our readings, it was actually, oh, okay, this is not really that bad. Mm -hmm. So for however long, the library being there, that stuff was shielded pretty well. So yeah. I don't think that had a whole ton to do when people are starting to feel uneasy or that, hey, I'm being watched. But uh, they're probably being really watched. Yeah. Um, they... The, the cool the cool thing about you know going into a library also is it's so laid back and chill you know i don't know if it's just the atmosphere because it is books <laughs> and that's what you're supposed to do because we've been all you know brainwashed like oh you go in there you're quiet this and that which probably brings your senses more alert because you know you're not having you're not at a house or a a mansion or something where you know you got all kinds of noises and different things going on you go in there you pretty much come right down to the level of silence once you start getting into your investigation. I mean, I those those were some uh, <laughs> those were some good times uh, going through there. Yeah. Yeah, it was a interesting place for sure, and I think you know just part of being in a place like that that is so frequented throughout the day, mm -hmm. and now you are in there after hours. Like, the escalators aren't working. Yeah. <laughs> it's pitch black in places. I mean, you know, it's like you're just hoping that you're going to be able to collaborate some of what's been reported. And I think we did as much justice for that as we could. You know, having physical evidence is always the best thing. But sometimes you got to look at the personal experiences and just try to collaborate them with other team members and hope that that matches up with whatever the people that are there on the daily you know are experiencing too. well they reached out to us right for this mm -hmm. particular place which you know like you said we've probably been there a dozen times that they were noticing that everything was going on so yeah it's funny because it's one of the very few places i would say that you know where we don't have a whole lot of physical evidence to show for it because well, the place was so big mm -hmm. i think we experienced 
like had personal experiences for everything that they claimed to yeah. have had happened to them. I mean, that place is big enough we you could get lost in these stacks and yeah. not see mm-hmm. people for hours. Yeah. So you could really hone in on something, and if it was human coming through or one of us coming through, you would know right away. Right. So once we broke off into our groups and start pairing off, we started focusing on, you know, what are we going to ask? All right, why are you here? You know, a couple typical questions, but you really have to start brainstorming, you know. I I remember walking through a couple of these aisles, and I was with, I want to say maybe it was Cheryl. We were walking through, and we started looking at books, and we just started, like, this book looks old. Let me ask a question about this. I mean, you really had to, like, get imaginative in there because it wasn't like an old house. It was a different setup. People came there. And they were there for purposes. The workers were there because they probably loved it or it was a good job at the time. And that's what they did back in the day. So you really had to think outside the box. I th- I thought I had to think outside the box. I just couldn't go, so, um, you know, what what do we talk about in here? You know, who's the head librarian? You know, I would, you would think, though, think about this. We all have personal experiences. Did anyone ever just go, shh? I'm sure we did. I think we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we didn't hear it? No, I mean, did we have a ghost do that to no, us? No, <laughs> no. We did that trying to just, like, bring about something. Uh-huh. I yeah. remember, like, asking for help, looking for certain books. I think we did the opposite, too. Like, we made a lot of noise to try, yeah. and try to get somebody to shush us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that stuff didn't happen. Like I said, and I think we all are in agreement, even with the rest of the group, if you talk to them that were there, um, they looked out. They, they came to us. Mm-hmm. They... They let us see them when they wanted, and there was no controlling that. Sometimes we've been at places where we can push, I don't want to say provoke, but push to get energy levels up, and we can get it. But this was different because this is so massive. Yeah, it's a huge You're in the middle of, like, building. you think it's a big, giant warehouse with a ceiling that's only, what, eight feet tall, nine feet tall, tops? And it's spread out over a, a mile-wide block. Yeah. So when you say, hey, there's like 10 of us here, and we break off into five different locations, none of us are going to run into each other. So things had their opportunity to come around and be like, what's going on here? This is the wrong time of the hour, you know? I don't know. I'm always intrigued by the histories of places. And I think, you know, Central Library's got a, a good history to it. I mean, we had some interesting things happen there you know I was really excited to go and investigate the Boston Library because that sounded so cool so the story that we heard from that was that it was built back in the 50s and it was originally a schoolhouse and that remember this that supposedly the blackboards were still behind the walls that Mm -hmm. they had just basically built the library around sweet the structure of the building so we had heard all these things and, oh, you know, there's books moving around off of shelves and people are seeing things and, you know, the original blackboards are still behind the walls and you hear kids and all this stuff and we got nothing there. Yep. Absolutely nothing. Boo. I don't even think we had any personal experiences no, there. No, not a thing. And I remember being like so disappointed because it had, it sounded like it had so much potential. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, obviously, things don't happen on command. We know that. Right. There's a lot of reasons why you may or may not experience something. But coming off of a situation like, you know, being at the Central Library and seeing some of these things, it was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And then it was like, wah, wah. Was, was, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there for that investigation. Was that in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, it was in yep. Boston. Boston, New York. Was there anything around that? I mean, or is it just a little no. town? It's like a two flash, like two street light kind of situation. I remember we got there because a lot of times we would try to have yeah. dinner before we went. And we did, I think. We did. And when we walked into that restaurant, it like got super quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Out of town. Do you remember yeah. that when we got to the actual library, there was people there thinking that they were going to get in? I do remember and that. And they had sunglasses on at night. Yep. It was like pitch what? black out. Yeah. Because it, it was the middle of winter. And it was dark by the time we got there, like 9 o'clock at night on a Friday or Saturday or something like that. And there was like a group of younger people. They were probably older than me at the time. And they were all wearing pitch black sunglasses. And they had heard from one of the librarians or something that 
we were coming and they wanted to come on the investigation. Wow. So they kind of, so that town might have been looking for it. <laughs> Which library were we at when we had the kids? Oh, that was Alden. We had the kids outside. Remember, they were sitting oh, on the stoop. Yeah. And you just... <laughs> we came up and scared the crap out of them. Nice. <laughs> well, they were making so much noise. And we were trying to investigate. Didn't we do that at the History Museum, too? I'm still wondering why people were wearing sunglasses at night. Well, you know. Men in black? Kids in black? I think they were more under the influence of some kind of recreational... Narcotic. Yes. They were hoping something cool was going to happen. And you guys got nothing out of there? No. We didn't let them in, by the way. No, we did not let them in. Because, you know, that's one thing. No drinking, no drugs while you're investigating. Right. Yeah. You need to be thinking clearly and have your wits about you. Absolutely. We don't need people falling off of elevator shafts. (laughs) Never drink. Anything else. You can drink afterwards. Just don't drink before. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Sorry. Yeah. Drinking after the. So, did you guys try to get the energy level up in that place? Yeah, I think we tried pretty much everything we could think of, and it just. Nothing. Did you, like, like do a teaching, maybe? Okay, class, because if it was a, a school place before that. I just a... remember, like, not even really feeling any kind of... It was nothing. It yeah. was a dud. Wow. Yeah. Oh, but the, hey, that goes with ghost hunting. It you was know? super There's... small, too. It was, like, two rooms. Yep. Two small rooms. Wow. Okay. So it was very intimate. Yep. Yeah. But mm. I have to say that out of the five libraries that we investigated, that was the only one that didn't have anything. I mean, Central did. Yeah. Alden did. Mm-hmm. Lackawanna did. Niagara did. Yeah. So You're agreeing? Yeah. One out of five isn't bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, Niagara wasn't too crazy, but I guess the stuff we caught afterwards was... Well, we had but... some books fall off shelves at Niagara. Did we? So Niagara Porter Library also kind of has some interesting... Um, history behind it because that field was like part of the battles during like the revolutionary war and some other stuff because it's so close to canada Mm -hmm. so that is literally you know maybe two or three miles from the peace bridge it's super close it's right there in you know niagara porter that's the streets and the building was fairly new but they had some history to the land, and then they also had a young kid that had come to the library frequently, and he was hit by a car outside of the building, and he passed away. Do you remember that? Yep. So they thought that maybe because he had frequented the library so much during his life, because he was there like every day after school, they all knew him, that was uh, pretty, you know, obviously pretty sad, but... They weren't sure if maybe that's why they were having some of the things happen. But the staff there were reporting um, issues with the break room. Do you remember (laughs) the break room there? Mm -hmm. Issues with the break room. They felt like they were being watched. They were uncomfortable in there. Uh, Books coming off the shelves. Hearing voices. Toilets flushing on their own in the restrooms. So we were like, all right, we're into this. So what's the first thing we do? We pull out K2s. We pull out EMF detectors. And Rob, do you remember what happened when we went into the break room there? Yep. (laughs) The microwaves turned on? (laughs) That's what happened. (laughs) Debunkness happened. Yep. Debunkness. It was a tiny little room. Super small. That had refrigerator, coffee maker, microwave, alarm clock. Electrical box. Yep. (laughs) Everything you can imagine, the EMF in that room was off the freaking chart. Didn't it break the millimeter? And it, it even came out. Remember like how much we were walking out yeah, of the room yeah. and we were still picking it up? So right there we were like, all right, there's probably not going to be anything to this place. Can I use the terminology fear cage? Yeah, that's exactly, that's what, exactly it what it was. Awesome. I never get to use that it word. It was the fear yeah, I know. cage. It was the perfect example of one. Perfect so, real life I mean, example. you're sitting in there trying to eat your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it was so high that the the EMF meter didn't just blinked out. Smoked. I think yeah, it just, like blinked right out. Yeah, it just you saw it just go up really high, and there's a it just went out. Can't handle it. Yeah, I'm out. So we were thinking there's really not going to be much to this place. You know, everybody's probably 
EMF crazy. They get out of there. They're all absorbed. Go ahead. You can say it again. Fear cage. (laughs) (laughs) And our recommendation initially was, yeah, you got to move some of this stuff out of here. You got to, you know, either move some of this stuff out or get some updated, you know, appliances and things that are sucking the energy out of everything. Energy safe and all that. So we really were thinking like, this isn't going to be anything. And I remember doing hack sessions there and not really hearing anything. And I remember doing some other stuff. But the coolest things that we got out of that place came during evidence review. Yep. Which usually doesn't happen. It's an interesting thing that we got. What was it? It was from the hack. When we were asking it, you know, the, the typical questions of, you know, what's your favorite swear word, name someone in this room, was the one that got attention. Mm-hmm. At the time we heard the name being said, it was my name. It was your name, yep. But... A whole sentence came after that, which we did not hear at the time. So you only Somehow. heard the name in in real time, and then when you went back and reviewed it, you had a sentence behind it. And somehow nobody heard it. Not a single person that was there heard it at the time. That's crazy, because you think about this. Either you don't hear an EVP, or you do hear an EVP. Not, It's like split. And it's, it's not like, even an Rob, EVP. It's, hey, what's going on? It was you know, a hack. Yeah, I mean, we're listening to everything. I mean, you know how it is yeah. when you're yeah. at a hack session. Like, you're zoned in on trying everything that you're listening to because you're trying to hear through the static and all the other stuff going on. So mm-hmm. Rob's exactly right. When we ask for somebody in the room, because, you know, those are typical things we do because you're not mm-hmm. going to necessarily hear those things just through random clicking of radio stations and right. whatnot. And as soon as it said, Rob, we all got super excited. And then I remember asking a bunch of other questions, and it was nothing. Yep. But this is probably one of the most impressive things we ever caught on a Hack Shack. I would say top two. See, kids, it's very important. I will play it. Review, review, review. I haven't heard it in a while, so I'm excited to see if it's still. I I didn't listen to it. That good. Do you have it loaded up? I have it loaded up. I haven't listened to it in a while either. But let's play it. Robert, you heard that clear as Okay. The person that just said Robert. So I'll edit that into the podcast better so that. So we it's basically more asked a question. Yep. And then we talked right over the response. Yep. Duh. But you could hear it. So it's clearly a man's voice. Mm hmm. And I think the interesting thing about it is that it is a full sentence. And that's how you know you're not picking up some randomness because it's not just a word and a word and a word. Each time you hear a click, it's changing a frequency. So this whole sentence, not just the whole sentence, but the Robert too is the same voice. And there's a pause between it. So it's riding those frequencies. And it goes, it goes so far. I mean, try to count how many. I'll play it one more time. Robert, you heard that clear as day. Okay. The person that just said Robert. It literally still gives me the creeps because it's not a it's not necessarily a nice thing that it says. And I think this is where it's important to have a conversation because depending on what kind of lens you're trying to look at that through, you could say Oh, that's negative. That's a negative spirit. That's a bad thing, right? Because what does it say? You have no business in being here. Right. So if you hear that, you could take that two ways. You could either be like, oh my God, we got to get out of here. This thing hates us. Like it's being mean. Or you could take it from the viewpoint of it's three o'clock in the morning and you're in a place you're not supposed to be. Right. You have no business in being here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but see, you didn't. You didn't really realize the re- you didn't listen to that audio that night, did you? No, it was so like the next day. You caught it the week. next day. So what happened when you heard it for the first time? I don't remember. <laughs> I was just like, because I remember. I remember do? that you sent this to me and said, "I think I might have something." Oh, that's my famous yep. famous line. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Cover all bases, but not really. Yeah. So I'm expecting to like you know hear this thing that I'm really gonna have to like try to 
figure out if I can hear it, if I can hear it, like, what is it? Yep. Because when we share evidence, we don't tell each other anything. We don't mm-hmm. say like, oh, it's a male's voice or, oh, it's in this part of the conversation. There's no information. It's just Rob says, I think I might have something. So I'm listening to it and I remember the conversation. I remember from the investigation. And when I hear that sentence come in, you have no business in being here. I think I kind of freaked out a little. It was like, whoa, what? Seriously? Like, that's crazy. And then it was, how did we not hear that? Yeah. It's so clear. But you guys were talking over the response, right? Well, yeah. Some, so one of the other investigators definitely starts to ask a question mm-hmm. right at the beginning of that. But you can still hear it. It wasn't like it was quick. It wasn't, you know, low. It was clear as day, drawn out. I think maybe just the fact that you heard you heard your name and everyone because yeah, everyone Whoa. freaked out when they heard my you, name. Your brain went to a different pattern, and then mm-hmm. meanwhile, right under there goes the rest of the sentence. Yeah. So, I again review, review, review. Yeah, that's why it's so important to definitely go back and look at what you got because we would have never even known about how cool that was, and that was like class A. Think about situation. This. I mean, we could just kind of herring off the the path here a little bit you said it's kind of creepy and you hear the name and then everyone gets all excited and gassed up about it and then you miss the other half of it think about the the vulnerability when you're in a place like this any place you know it could be anywhere and you miss something like that because you're not how protected are you in a sense you know, you really don't know what you're stepping into. Yeah, you heard you heard Rob, but you didn't hear the rest of it because you got excited. But there's something else going on and nobody knows. It's like, you know, you're standing in a room and it's pitch black. And you see a little light, but you don't know what's going on behind that light. That, that can be unnerving at times. Especially when you go back the next day and we all listen to different audios and stuff and get together and say, boom, 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 boom. And look at all the stuff we found that we never knew was going on right in front of us or behind us. You just don't know. And yet we're walking around like, eh, nothing going on. Hey, anybody? You know? And then, boom. You know, <laughs> you have full sentences coming out and we're like, what? That that can be unnerving because you, you don't go in afraid. You don't go in fearful. You go in cautious, I think, sometimes. But you want to be clear and open about things. So you can you know, reach out and hopefully be open enough to get something using your energy. But in the same sense, you know, we really, when we go in these places, we're unguarded mm-hmm. in a sense. You know, I know we ground ourselves and we do protection prayers and stuff like that. But, you know, when you're in the middle of it, two 2.30 in the morning and things are happening and you're only seeing the front part of it, what's going on behind the scenes that, you know, we don't catch until after the fact? And that is where it's exciting, it's unnerving. It's like, oh my god, I want to go back there again, but I think the it's it's our juices flowing and it's the, the, the factor, the fear factor, you know, fight or flight. Right. Well, and I think it goes to show that it's important to go through and do a thorough investigation because if we had just got in there, we knew that that EMF was high in that break room, we knew it was probably causing some stuff. We could have easily just been like, yeah, that's what your deal is and left it at that. But to stick it out and to do the investigation, you know, I think we ended up with one of the coolest pieces of evidence we've had, you know, up until that point, maybe even. So it just, you just never know. Was there anybody from that place there with you guys? Yeah. I think there was. I don't know. Did they stay the entire time? I believe he did. I don't think he stuck with us the entire time, though, because he wasn't really that interested. So even though the EMFs were blowing up the charts, you still, you still got stuff happening and that could have been the energy from that yeah you know that's that's that two-sided coin you have all this energy flowing free through whatever unshielded wires and stuff like that which for us it interferes with what we're really trying to do but yet it's powering some of this other stuff there you know in theory and and i definitely remember books coming off the shelves in that hmm. library remember like how when you first went in it was like an all open oh, area yeah. And we were sitting mm-hmm. in there, and I think it might have happened two separate times that books came off the shelf in I that do area. I recall that now. Mm-hmm. So that seemed to be a common thing, books coming off the shelves or books falling off the shelves. 
Is there ways of communication? Is there anything else about Niagara? I don't think so. Should we move I think, on? I think we got enough time to do finish up with Lackawanna. The Lackawanna mm-hmm. Library. Oh, are we adding that? Was that like a personal side note that no one's supposed to hear? I'm Do we have enough time? or no. We have, we we have, have like on. 15 minutes. Okay, so Lackawanna Library, in a nutshell, this was originally built on a potter's field. Uh, when they went to build the library, they actually dug up a bunch of people from the potter's field and moved them to Howard Cemetery down the road. Yes. Up until, I think, as early as like the 80s, maybe early 90s. Yes. Work was being done on the plumbing situation at the library, and they were still finding bones um, of people at that point. Yep. So, the, because the thing is, is that when the potter field happened, obviously nothing's marked out. So they only thought that people were buried in a certain way. But over the course of, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, the land shifted, bodies shifted. So they dug up as much as they thought was there, but there was still some people that were left. So right off the bat, that library is built on a graveyard. An unmarked graveyard. Yes. So for anyone out there, a potter's field is basically just where you dig up a hole, you put a body in there, and you call it a day, and you do that a lot, you got a potter's field. A lot of fun places that they build libraries in in the Buffalo area, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we like to cover up our past. Yeah. So the other unique thing about Lackawanna is that there were a lot of personal effects in that library. It wasn't just books. Mm-hmm. They had a whole room, they have a whole room, where uh, there was different pieces of like memorabilia and historical stuff from different things in the community handwritten um, ledgers of things so originally we were called in because of one particular ghost right yep so people had reported especially the librarian there that this particular ghost would touch you would tug on your hair yes Um, they would hear things they would see shadows am i forgetting anything Mm hmm You'd see librarians in windows. Yeah. Well, the one unique thing about that place is that we did not ever, I don't think, have a book come off a shelf there. I don't think so. I mm-hmm. don't remember any of that happening. But we definitely had other stuff happen there. Yeah. And I'd say probably the most actual evidence. Yep. From any of the libraries. Yeah. Granted, that's another place we've done a lot of times. Well, we've done it, I don't know, we've done it a handful of times. Yeah, quite a few. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we've had, like you said, we've, uh, there's many stories. We'll start with, I know we were doing um, table tipping the one evening, and this thing was going off the charts. We were communicating back and forth, and that went on for a good hour, you know? And I think it, this this library in particular, um, it warms up to you. You come in there, and it's quiet, it's quiet, quiet, and you stick around a little bit, things start to happen. It starts, it, it, it's, they come out, they're going to let you know that they're there. They're not going to peek around a corner and be like, hey, you know, they, they come out and you're, you're getting signs, you're getting noises, you're getting thuds, you're getting voices. Um, we were actually doing our classes, not classes, well, we were doing classes there, and then we were also doing like private classes, weren't we, like for uh, um, our learning purposes, just for us. We rented out, well had a room down there and um we really got involved with this place and the more we were there each time we would get some of the same things happening but we'd also get newer stuff happening so it was always continually changing and um it was all it not was it is a fun place to go to and it's just if you're patient enough things will happen and that's you know we had well, how did that picture come about? We'll start off with a good one. How did that picture come about with the uh, old-time librarian? We were just doing a walkthrough. We had just gotten there. I think of the first time we were there. Yep, we were given we were being given a tour of the mm-hmm. building and the hot spots in the building. And one of the spots that they had talked about was this meeting room mm-hmm. that was off of the first floor. And we were just taking some establishing shots like we normally do, you know, just kind of here, there, and everywhere. I think you had just, Rob, you had just gotten the full-spectrum camera. Like, it was still fairly new. Probably. 
And you were just kind of snapping, snapping, snapping. Yep. And we didn't think anything at the time. Nobody actually saw anything. Mm-hmm. But no. what we caught is probably the best photograph in all the years that we've ever gotten anywhere. Easily. And it's very, it's, it's clear as a bell. So you can see in the photo us standing in the room. There's a couple of us in the photo. Me, you could see my reflection because I took the picture facing the window. So you see my reflection on the one corner. And I think there's at least two other investigators in the other corner. Now, mind you, these doors, are they have glass windows. Mm-hmm. They're squared off windows. Yeah. So when that door's closed or whichever, you have squared off windows. I don't know if it's like 12 squares or whatever, but it's all glass. So that kind of yeah, gone around. Well, what what in the picture, it's the reflection that you see. Mm-hmm. Because you see something in the reflection in the doorway behind me. The door was closed. Or no, right. open, I believe. So you can't really... Like, the door wasn't, like, in the way to, like, have anything else reflect on it. So what do you see in the window? Nothing. <laughs> it's probably nothing. Yeah, it's probably nothing, all right. Skeptic minds, here we go. You Just admit it. You see a black and white person just standing there, a woman... Like, a, you know, the old shots with the oval frame with just the head shot from the side? And they're they're kind of stoic looking. And they have, like, it, if I remember correctly, like, the hair was kind of, like, bunned up. Yeah, it's, it like, pulled black. back. Yeah, pulled back and bunned. And it had a very stoic, like, lady. It looks like the, whatever they're wearing is, like, covering up to the neck and down. Like a, a choke, choker all the way up. With buttons. Yes. Yep. And once we saw that, that was... Probably one of our biggest things that had happened, and we've had a lot of different things happen, but that was just a night and day. Everything else was in color, Yep. and this thing sat on a reflection in black and white. That's the one thing that stumped me, too, because it's like, you see me and two other investigators in the picture, and this figure, all in the reflection of the window in front of me. Me and the two other investigators are in color. This other thing is black and white. And they're... they're and the, the beauty of this is it stumps you every time we talk about it. Every single time we've gone there since then, and this was the first time we went there. We've been there how many times since? Mm-hmm. God, probably 15 times. Yeah. If, if you couldn't recreate more, it? You, we. I go there, and I always, always, always... We've had people stand in all different yes. parts of that yep. room. And walk the way that they, you guys were going in or out, and where the door and how the reflection would work. And there was no way to recreate this I probably this have thing. like a thousand pictures of that angle in that library. <laughs> oh, yeah. That thing is well documented. And But that was the big one there. Um, I remember quite a few seances, that seances, table tipping we did there that were really, I mean, we were just unloading question after question after question, and it was responding left and right. Um, mind you, we had control of the table. It didn't run us, but... It definitely answered us, and there were some pretty, you know, pointed questions about, like, what are you doing here, why, this, that, and everything else, and I think that was the very first time, because we all took our, the table was only big enough for, like, three or four of us, right? Because it was a small glass picnic table, round, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that was the first time that I've ever experienced, I remember telling you this this night, um, my hands were cold. After I got off of that table, mm-hmm. I was exhausted when I got off of that. Not because mm-hmm. the table was, it wasn't like this table was spinning like all over the room. It stayed within a controlled area of maybe five feet. It didn't really, it had cast iron legs, so mm-hmm. it didn't take off, but it was rocking. When I got done with that and you got done with it, because you, you stayed on that for every round that we did. And then other people just switched in and out. But that one time I got off of that thing, I, my hands were freezing I, I was exhausted, and I was like, wow, whatever was happening, whatever the energy flow was working, that to me was probably just as good as seeing that picture. I mean, even though I wasn't there for that picture per se, when it was taken, that experience there always stuck in the back of my head getting off the table, because I think that's truly when I, you know, I've done this many times with you guys, I got off that table feeling like I was really open to it, you know, and... It could be the air. It could be whatever's going on. But when we got done with that, it was just like, wow. And I I, I went home and I wrote. I wrote like a whole, I had a um, tablet. 
And I wrote all this stuff down and I kept logging all the stories and the questions and we were using some of the documentation in the glass cases. Mm -hmm. And then um, I did a, a Jeff. I, we went on another investigation and I had it in my book bag. I pulled it out and I was going to keep documenting where we were at there. And I left the book there, the tablet. So we lost a lot of information and a lot of it was had to go back through our minds and like, okay, what were we asking? I'm like, oh, I was so mad. But that was the one time, if you ever get a chance to really open up like that, that was... Well, I still think it's amazing that that was a glass top table. Mm -hmm. And at times that table was on one leg. Like a foot off the floor. 45 degree angles. Yeah. Um, and yet the table never fell. It never crashed. It never... Yeah, because we were worried where we'd be taking money out of our oh yeah, <laughs> our yeah. pay for to replace that glass. Yeah, top. I don't suggest you use that kind of table and table tipping. It's really <laughs> and I think the thing that's important to know too is that, you know, those sessions can be very draining, and the only reason why I stayed for each one of those sessions is because you need a person to kind of make sure that things don't go astray. They're in balance. And if you have people sitting at a table that are attempting to open up a channel, somebody better know how to close it. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. It probably wouldn't have been me. So, uh, you know, it wasn't me. You know, it's like using a Ouija board. We talk about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily bad. It's how you use it. So, you know, it is hard sometimes and it does make you tired and it does drain you. And it's not something that you necessarily want to continue to do. But this wasn't from the table moving. We weren't exhausted from the table. Because no. the table was probably only like four feet around. I mean, we've been at tables around. when they're spinning around in circles and you're right. running to keep up and with you're, it. And you're, you're catching your breath. We really didn't have to do that. But we had a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And the energy was flowing into this table through us. And when we physically got off there, it wasn't because we were running. We were like, oh. we were wiped out. I was like, wow. And I like I said, I never felt that. I mean... Maybe you guys pulled my weight in different places when we did table tipping, and I just didn't experience it that way. But for whatever reason, um, Lackawanna, New York, you know, that library down there, really, there's many facets to it, but you just have to work with it, you know. Well, at one point, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was somebody there that had um, somebody very close to them pass away. And... We didn't know, we knew about that circumstance, but we didn't know who the person, we didn't know their name. And a lot of times when we're table tipping, we'll use like that tap tap method where, you know, you're going through the alphabet and when you get to a letter, you're looking for a sign. And I don't know if you remember, but it's the table spelled her name. And I remember that because I will never forget the look on his face when he realized after like the third or fourth letter where mm -hmm. this was going. Right. And just the impact of that alone was so heavy that it was like, okay, this just got really real. And now we're not actually investigating a location anymore. It's more we're personalized. We're bringing somebody yep. through, someone's energy through, that's directly related to somebody here. And that was just... Mm -hmm kind of crazy to me yeah we couldn't wait to get back there again yeah and you know what i think a lot of times <clears throat> and what you've taught me allison through this is you know i when i first got into this group and uh, you guys started you know taking me under your wing and and just you know learning me <laughs> uh, <laughs> be learning you <laughs> the table tipping you know the first couple times i saw it i was just like this is just a load of crap <laughs> And until um, I got on the table, and then I'd sit there and try to take it apart, take it apart, take it apart, and I couldn't yep. take it apart. Rob did the same thing. Yeah, I think everybody does. But to me, that became like, I always wanted to do that every investigation because it was so fun. And I've, I think I view that, you know, I know you said sometimes we try to do it to raise energy and see if we can pull anything if we're having a slow night anywhere else in the building. But to me, that part of it was always the that was the fun part you know yeah we can go through the questions and stuff like this but I want to get this table rocking I want this was so neat and once I couldn't debunk it and I realized that our energy using and letting people come through our energy was something real that was like just opening up a brand new door to me so down there when we had that happen we've done that a couple times down there right mm-hmm 
um, some some nights weren't as crazy. Mm-hmm. It was kind of quieter, but that like this one night we're talking about was in particular was just it, there was no way to put it on the chart. So that whole table tipping thing, um, I think there's a lot of value to it if you do it right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you guys remember too, but in the second floor of the library, they had a big, huge rug in the kids' area that had the alphabet all around it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you remember the night where the K2, like we would go from a letter to a letter to a letter, and the K2 would go off on certain letters. Yep. Like it, mm-hmm. And we were using that in the same method that you would for like a, board, a talking board or, right. you know, that tap-tap method for the table. So whatever was there, I think, whatever may still be there was more playful than anything else, but there were a couple times when it got well, didn't it answer? a little heavy Didn't we have that answered on EVP, one of the letters, H or baby? What were we talking about? No. It said attaboy. Yep. That's what it was. Do you have that? I do. Should we listen to that one? Let's do it. Maybe take a walk down memory lane? Uh-huh. I have a couple from there, actually. Is there an alphabet on there, Carl? And we were, we were trying to figure out the letters, mm-hmm. and then all that popped up. Did we did we physically hear that? No. No. That's no, this, was, this, this is, is a review. This isn't in the hack. This is an EVP, like just straight up EVP. And that one was pretty clear. I believe so. Ah, table tipping. <laughs> so many places we've done that. So many tables that have been trashed. <laughs> is there an alphabet on there, Carl? So it's very clear too. That a boy. Yep. That a boy. So I always love when an EVP gives you a response directly to a question that you ask. You know, like mm-hmm. this is like, hey, is there an alphabet on that rug? And you hear me say, yes, there is. But at the same time, you hear somebody else say, that a boy. That and as much as we go through this stuff, and you know, ghost hunters in general. There are a lot of naysayers out there and a lot of people that are just like, it is crap. But you know what? You can say what it is. You can, you can, you can take it apart all day. But the bottom line is, at the end of the night or at the end of the day, you can't give us an explanation. As much as you want to take apart this field, give us an answer then. Yeah. You can say no all day till you're blue in the face. You guys did that. And it goes back to what we said before. you got to have trust in who you're working with. But, okay, great. No, we can't explain it. But it's there. Right. We ask a question and we get a direct answer. Go ahead. P- pick it apart. And, you know, and it just turns into something else. But you're right. We can't explain that. We never probably will be able to. But when you get something like that, that's that's money. Is there anything else we can share from there? I have one more. All right. Let's listen to that mm-hmm. one. Maybe just play it. Yeah. And then we'll see if we can figure out the backstory. You know, how to go through the steps to open yourself up and do that sort of thing. Uh, let's see if we can do this. You need to place a hold on it. I know that. Crack in the back. Crack in the back. Yep. Crack in the back. I remember that. So here we are having a conversation. Do, 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 talking, talking, talking. And all of a sudden, there's this weird, strange voice in the back that says something that is not typical. It didn't, I don't think it made any sense nope. in regards to anything that was being said at the time. And it's mm. not something you would hear in general conversation. So there was definitely something there. Yep. What it I was? Agree. We don't know. We don't know. I'm not going to claim to know. <laughs> We are not going to defend. I'm thinking we shouldn't defend any of that anymore. It's nope. like it is what it is. People want to argue with, with the whole the science behind it, or it's this or it's that. Great, we agree. But can you tell us why at two in the morning, you know, crack in the back or that boy, when you're talking about things that are sometimes you know, you know, they're repeated, they're repetitious in in their nature, and it's just you know residual. Okay, great, but when you start getting intelligent responses to questions and you know everybody in that room, you, you trust, 
they're not they're not putting it out there just to hey you know make a buck or hey guess what we got we're the best one you know here with EVPs who do we sell it off to it's not like that so you know I I that's I think as of tonight I'm done defending oh wow this is like this is a pivotal yeah, moment for you I think I'm done defending the nature of the attacks I think because it's easy to get in that mode and try to defend it oh well somebody was there or this happened or, you know, well, we got a picture documenting this, but, you know, no, no. well, everything can be debunked. But you still can't come down. Neither side can come down to an answer of what it is. Right. You know, and someone's going to debate that right now if they listen to that. That's why it's unexplainable phenomenon. Unexplainable. So, verdict on libraries? Haunted? Not Pretty haunted? Cool. Good yeah. places to investigate? They're fun to investigate. So, if anybody that's listening has um, investigated any libraries in their area... Or know of any haunted libraries. Yeah, or know of any haunted libraries. Drop us a line at Parababble. Absolutely. At Gmail. Sure. Uh, Parababblepodcast at gmail.com or Facebook. We're pretty easy to reach. Yeah. yeah. Just no Parababble. Mm-hmm. There's no one out there like us. But share your stories. We'd so, like to hear yeah. and uh, compare yeah. library cards. Yep. <laughs> we'd like to talk the Dewey Decimal System for you older folks (laughs) Rob looks at me like Dewey Decimal what's a Dewey what's a Dewey I I think I learned that in like second grade my third grade computers came by and they're like you should know it though you're about what 52 now yeah pretty old Mm -hmm. almost as old as some of the books in the library and funny (laughs) funny thing is we just got a phone call Um, we just got an email to go back to Mm -hmm. the uh, Lackawanna which is you know i guess when she puts the call out that the activity's starting to yeah kind of peak up maybe it'll be another shave and a haircut kind of night well yeah. there's that story too for another libraries part two yeah yeah, yeah we there's there's so many and these are just the ones off the top of our heads so if you want to hear more if you want us to do a part two let us know we'll share some more evps and some more cool library stories